Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. Now we have, well, I would just call this a, a, a very unique topic today, a very different prescription for how to judge any business. So is your business a missionary or is it a mercenary? And you heard me right. Is it a missionary business or is it a mercenary business? So hang on. Enjoy the ride. You don't want to miss the end of this podcast because we have a quote to drive this topic home from the one and only Yoda. You heard me right. Yoda will bring this podcast home. He will close it out. He will put the final stamp of approval on this topic. So determining how your employees view your business is essential. How do they see your business? How do they view your business? How do they view your company? It is necessary if you are in a highly competitive market for talent. In other words, people are coming after your talent or you're losing your talent to other people in the market. And do they see your company as serving a particular mission? Or do they know your business as a collective group of mercenaries for hire? Now, it's important that you consider these questions carefully. If you operate a broader mission, such as clean food or smarter babies, you develop a different bond with your team. On the other hand, if you only seek profitability or business success, you, my friend, are a mercenary business. Let's define that a moment. Merriam-Webster defines mercenary as motivated solely by a desire for monetary or material gain. One who serves or works merely for financial gain. Merely a hireling. Don't you love that word? A hireling. And without a clear stated mission, you and your employees are mercenaries for hire who trade work for pay. Now, I'm not debating the merit of being a mercenary or not. Some companies are just fine the way they are as mercenary companies. But I am suggesting that you may have an opportunity to clarify the greater mission your business serves if you need to attract and retain the best talent. So, too many managers complain about a lack of loyalty when they experience turnover in critical positions. We just can't find loyal people anymore. <laughs> Sound familiar? However, if there is no broader mission to serve, you are hiring mercenaries who are only there for a salary. Never, 
Never expect your mercenaries to be loyal. The only bond between them and your business is that paycheck. And they will take their talents to the highest bidder, especially when things become difficult. We probably saw a mass migration of mercenaries in 2020 due to the pandemic. But listen to this. According to Healthline magazine, self-actualization comes from Abraham Maslow. Remember Maslow and the hierarchy of needs? He was a humanistic psychologist. And he described self-actualization as the process of becoming, get this, Everything you are capable of becoming. If someone believes they are serving a greater mission, the job, listen, the job becomes a pathway to self-actualize. The right mission for certain people can become the Velcro, that sticky stuff that keeps them with the business when they are offered more money in other organizations. And to go further with this, Maslow states that we all have a greater need, a purpose to fulfill in life. And listen to that word, all, not some of us, all of us. And since our work occupies most of our waking time, and if there's nothing more than a salary to keep you on the payroll, why stay? You can get a salary somewhere else. So where did this start? The mercenary workplace roots appeared in business long ago. Some of you may be old enough to remember the old adage, a fair day's work for an honest day's pay. A fair day's work for an honest day's pay. Do you remember that? It is merely a transaction. And companies have been in the transaction business for generations. And I think, no, I'm certain implicit loyalty is the problem. You see, when hiring managers select a particular employee, they may believe the selection itself warrants commitment. In other words, since I chose you, You should be loyal to me and this job. That's the implication. That's the implicit loyalty. But does it? I think the employee may be grateful for the job, but should she at this point be loyal? So I believe faux loyalty became an expectation in the post-World War II generations when companies promised a lifetime relationship through pensions. Some of you may be old enough to remember this, but the the promise was if you work for our company, we will take care of you and your spouse for life. And as a consequence, we all know people who stayed in the same job for many, many years based on this promise. And as pension liabilities bloomed, of course, companies start to to feel the temptation to, well, break commitments. It, It was almost irresistible. And the security with a job became harder to keep. 
We all know there's no job security today. One hiccup, and you could be out on your aspirin bottle. Companies started looking for ways to reduce this liability incrementally. It didn't happen all at once, but slowly they started moving away from the pension. And guess what? Finally, finally the pension as we knew it back then went the course of the dodo bird. Mostly extinct. Replaced by the avant-garde 401k program. You know, most people are on their own with their money. And to make that even more significant, enter the 1970s and the era of mass layoffs. Yes, those of us born as Generation Xers between 1964 and 1980 saw parents lose lifetime jobs in large numbers. Loyalty to work was gone. And as a result, the average Gen Xers, this may surprise you, if you're a Gen Xer like me, the average Gen Xer stays in the same position for an average of five years. That's right, five years. So what does this mean? With loyalty to work gone, the mission became the purpose for staying longer than average. An enduring mission to something bigger than one human is the new glue for maintaining talent. So here's an example. I know a young, talented executive who left a good job for a small startup company's greater mission. So I'm guessing the founder of this startup, the visionary, must have painted an alluring mission in this young executive's mind. Join us, he probably said. And we will do great things together. Boom. This is self-actualization at its finest. So think of it this way. Your mission as an organization is the marketing campaign to current and future employees. I mean, there's a great example of that. Elon Musk is attracting top talent to his companies by creating a powerful purpose for employees. I mean, think about this. Who wouldn't want to be in the forefront of market disruption in the automotive industry or market disruption in the space industry as we begin the slow climb to space travel for the masses? I mean, these are significant assignments. And many people want, I think possibly need, to be on those missions. And I'm not suggesting that you must make a dent in the universe to keep top talent. But listen to this. I am suggesting that more than a paycheck must be present if you want to attract and retain the best people. Let me say that again. I am suggesting to you right now that more than a paycheck must be present if you want to attract and retain the best people. 
a visionary CEO who can sell the mission to her people will outperform a mercenary CEO who believes the transaction between pay and work is the only connection necessary. (sighs) Wow. So you may be thinking, John, our job is not sexy. We make cardboards or something similar. How do we create a mission? Well, too many companies believe the executive team can go away for a weekend and write a mission statement that merely codifies the current mission. They often return something with something that validates current reality than an inspiring mission that allows people to self-actualize. The mission must self-actualize. And a mission statement, like our mission is to be number one in the widget-making industry by 2030, blah, blah, blah. It's not sticky. They don't care. How can they be a part of that mission? So let's return to our original definition. Self-actualization is the process of becoming everything you are capable of becoming. If someone believes they are serving a greater mission, the job becomes a pathway to self-actualize. Your mission statement, the one you go away and create or the one you create in your organization, must accomplish one or the other. You help people become something better or people join your company to serve something more significant. Remember the young executive? He joined the startup to do something he believes in very much. The job becomes the medium. Let's stop a minute. Let me restate this carefully. The only way To become a missionary company is to help people become something better in their minds or have them serve something they believe is essential. It's not about you or your company. It's about the people. If you cannot or will not do this, you must remain comfortable with a mission mercenary transaction. That's all that's between you, the transaction. And remember, mercenary companies are not necessarily bad. However, what I think is problematic is when you're in denial about being a mercenary business, because I think it's disingenuous. You're living a falsehood. If you are a mercenary business, own it. Own that bad boy. But do not expect your people to be loyal. They are there for the paycheck, and that is fine. Do not walk in the imaginary truth that something else exists between you and the people on your team. And here's something else to consider. Mercenary companies can be extremely successful. I mean, there's a great example of that. McDonald's, McDonald's restaurants, built a successful strategy 
around high turnover and low wages. They do not expect loyalty. I believe they expect people to show up for a paycheck until they can determine how to automate the transaction between customers and the restaurant. Pressure for more wages for minimum wage skills is going to hasten and accelerate automation in those businesses. I mean, I think we're going to see that real soon. Almost all fast food restaurants will have much fewer employees. More business will be self-serve or done on an app or a kiosk where you don't have to have someone take your order. And all you do is come in and pick up your food. That's it. Maybe a staff of 20 to run a restaurant boils down to five or six. So those people out there really hungry for more minimum wages, all that will do is accelerate technology and eliminate minimum wage jobs. Minimum wage skills are going to get minimum wages. If you want more than minimum wage, increase your skills, increase your value. I mean, this is something I tell young people all the time. Get a skill first. When you graduate from high school, get a skill. You can add a degree to a skill later, but get a skill. No one can take a skill away from you. The more skills you have, the more valuable you are. The more you're worth, the higher your wages are going to be. So let's talk about self-awareness. How self-aware are we? According to legend, know thyself was carved into stone at Apollo's temple at Delphi in Greece. Know thyself. It's been with us for a long time. I think the people we have the hardest time knowing and understanding is the person in the mirror. Scholars, philosophers, and civilizations have debated this question for a long time. We have been searching for this self-knowledge for generations as individuals. I believe it is time to ask this question as organizations. We need to know ourselves as an organization. Are we a missionary or are we a mercenary business? Enlightenment as a business enterprise might be as simple as finding your Yoda. Here's the quote. Yoda said, do or do not. There is no try. Do or do not. There is no try. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to reach me, if you want to be in contact with me, if you want to have more learning opportunities with me, go to www.johngrubbs.com. That is J-O-H-N-G-R-U-B-B-S dot com. There is, well, there's tons of free stuff for you. There's links to my YouTube channel. There's blog articles that I write weekly. 
there's a free book. You can get a free book at johngrubs.com. You can download it for free just by selecting whether or not you want it in a Mobi file. If you read your books on Kindle or if you want it in a PDF file, you can have it any way you want it. And here's why I give you that book for free. You are giving me the most precious gift one human can give another. You are giving me the gift of your time. And folks, we've got people on every continent listening to this podcast. I want you to share it with others. If you believe someone will be benefited by this information, share this podcast. Send them the link. Your time is a precious gift to me. And I want you to have that book as my token of appreciation. Because this is a podcast about going big. This is about people who move against the grain. Even people like me who are struggling with adult ADD. We go big. Big people do crazy things. Big people go to the moon. Big people live on Mars. People who are crazy do all the amazing things in life. And I think there's just a little bit of crazy in everyone. Until next time.